Hey guys. Hey guys. And welcome to episode 30. 10 times 3. That's three tens. That's like a whole 30. Mm-hmm. That's like 300 divided by 10. Yeah. Or 3,000 divided by 100. Whoa. I can do math. All by We're coming live to you from the Stranger Zone. <laughs> That's gonna sound weird. It is. <laughs> yeah, we like peaked our right. meters. Peekaboo. <laughs> so last time we talked about some of the Hellenistic, to use your word, gods. Yeah, the Greek gods. To use your phrase, Hellenistic pantheon. And you had. A very creative way of putting them into a silly story, story about the little Ariel mermaid and yeah, Eric. Little, yeah, it was <laughs> yeah. Else. yeah, it was a lot of fun though. That was fun, and you know, all I can say is that the deeper you dive into the topic of strange gods, the more strange the gods get. It's almost like you find a whole new world. <laughs> it's pretty much like that. It is so <laughs> crazy. So, just to, for instance, we talked a little bit about the. Uh, Greek gods. Mm-hmm. Now, the king of the Greek gods is Zeus. Zeus. Right? We introduced him mm-hmm. in the last episode. Introduced him. Yeah, but this guy had a big problem. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know if it was big or not, but he had a problem that was very large. Okay. The problem was large, <laughs> but maybe not what gave him the problem was oh. large. I don't the, know. The problem was large. The situation was not, potentially. Yeah. Well... Let's just say that anatomically, it may not have been large, but he had a big problem with it, whether it was large or not. I think it was in my art history class in college that we learned about how, you know, the David... Which one? The thinker or no, David? David. David. I did the thinker because it's the da- same era, right? Yeah. Yeah. The Renaissance. Renaissance. But they gave him a shrinky dinky. He, they did? And a big head. Oh, because... hands. Because you're, the barbarianism... Well, no, like... Uh, a big dinky. <laughs> yeah. It's weird saying dinky. <laughs> it, is, it is weird. But would be like kind of seen as like a foul or like barbarian kind oh, of like uncivilized um, thing. Well, and then like big hands and a big head would mean like you're smart. And you're, I don't know. Okay. So from like art history though, we learned it differently. We learned that giving the vantage point of the viewer. Because David, Michelangelo's David is so tall Mm. that his head is large because it is much higher from your viewing angle. So it looks smaller. So they had to make it larger so that when you saw it, that it felt like it was the Mm. right size. And same thing with his dinky. They made it a little smaller because it was closer Mm. to the viewer's head. Interesting. And so they wanted to make sure that it wasn't didn't look too large. Yeah. No, it is it is a weird thing though. The what I was going for is that Zeus mm-hmm. had a problem keeping things in his pants. Yeah. Or he robe. was a boinker. He was a, a boinker. boinker. But yeah, he had a notorious uh, reputation of sleeping around and basically he was after anything that he thought was beautiful he was or a desirable. He was totally. He wanted around, 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 around. That's right. And these stories are, are really weird. So if you look up Zeus and you look up some of his strange stories, there's a bunch of them. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to tell one, and it has to do with his attraction to a princess named Lita. 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 Yeah. So, so Russian. Yeah. Lita. So, Lita. 
<laughs> short story is Lita was very beautiful. Mm-hmm. I mean, like the most beautiful mortal alive, right? And uh, Lita was a princess and she was very, very beautiful. Okay. And I can't remember her king dad's name, but anyway, Big Zeus. Daddy Lita. <laughs> yeah. Right. Zeus had this desire for her. And she was married. Lita was married. So one night, Zeus turns himself into a swan. Mm-hmm. Because Lita is down by the river bathing. Mm-hmm. And like, all, of her, all of her hotness. Yeah. Honk, honk. Oh, 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 that's a goose. I think they kind of make a similar noise. Yeah, I think they do. But anyway, Zeus turns himself into a swan. And pretends he feigns to being attacked by an eagle. And so he runs or flutters or flaps or whatever he does his way towards Lita, who embraces him and coddles him in her her naked bosoms. You know what they say about guys with big necks. (laughs) Somehow they end up mating. Good. What? Yes, yes, they do. How does that happen? Anyway, so yeah, Zeus in the form of a swan... Knocks Lita up. Yeah, she gets pregnant. Which makes it even more strange is that that same night, after procreating with a swan, Mm -hmm. she goes back to her husband. And they also procreate. Mm -hmm. And she gets double pregnant. Wow. She has two babies in her womb. One of them from a immortal, a god, Zeus, Mm -hmm. who later comes out to be known as Helen. Mm. And yes, that would be Helen of Troy. Oh, okay. Yeah. You so know, does the, she have a baby and an egg? I, you know, it, it, some of the stories actually do say that they were in eggs. Yes. That's weird. It is very weird. Is that where the Swan Princess comes from? I don't know. Because apparently all I can talk about is Disney Princess. <laughs> you know, it's what you know. It's your generation. It's been, yeah. No, to be fair. Yes. My <laughs> wife has been many princesses. princesses. Yes. She's an actress. She's very good. A very talented singer. Mm-hmm. And she plays Disney princesses quite a bit. That's her like. That's her staple. Realm. It's her go-to. And she played Pesach Pan. She was Peter, Peter Pan. Pan. Yeah. Did she wear green leotards and dress like a boy? Oh yeah. <laughs> that's why. You, that's I mean, when you she, fell in love. Oh. <laughs> I didn't know her at the time. I mean, I didn't worry about it. I didn't know who she was. But, yeah. So anyway, yeah. Um, Zeus knocks up Lita. Was a goose. And her husband later that Zeus same, goose. That's, yeah, <laughs> that same night knocks her up times two. And so they yeah. have these twins and mm-hmm. these two children at the same time. One of them is Helen of Troy and the other one is mortal. So, yeah, it's a very interesting story. My telling of it is very convoluted and probably not as accurate as it should be, but you get the gist. If I ever have a pet swan, uh-huh. I'm going to name it Helen. Name it Zeus. No, Helen. It's part goose. Zeus. <laughs> no. Or name him the Zeus goose. Yeah. I don't know. Uh-huh. So another really weird story about Zeus and his uh, infidelities. And this one doesn't. His just, escapades. His escapades. Is he ends up with uh, a friend, a human friend named Ixion. Ixion. Yeah. Sounds so, like a processor for a computer. But Ixion gets in trouble with his fellow humans and they don't like him very much. So in pity, Zeus invites Ixion up to Mount Olympus. Mm -hmm. But Ixion has a reputation as a ladies' man. So to test Ixion's loyalty and fidelity, he creates an exact representation of his goddess wife Hera out of clouds. Mm. Yeah. 
Hera was a hottie. Hottie the Hera. Yeah. Hottie, hottie Hera. But yeah, she was hot. <laughs> and he did not trust Ixion, I guess, very much because mm-hmm. he made this duplicate of Hera. Okay. Somehow or another, Ixion manages to impregnate the cloud in the shape of Hera. <laughs> yeah. Bring an umbrella. Yeah. So not only does he impregnate her, but somehow the cloud Hera has a baby whose name right. was called Centaurus. 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 Yeah, you know, mm. you might hear something familiar with that, I think that I name. Centaurus, he had a thing for horses. Oh, no. So he was known to go out and kind of like, you know, uh, have horse love, equine mm-hmm. love with his horse friends. And they would have offspring. And guess what those offspring were? Centaurs. Centaurs, yeah. Yeah. Half man, half horse. Yeah, so there you go. It couldn't have been sensual. (laughs) I've made my decision. I don't know. Horses are pretty smart. Yeah, but he's like, hey, you want to do something? And they were like, nay. Nay. Yeah. He's like, well, and then in court, they're like, did this guy take advantage of you? And they were like, nay. Oh, come on. They were chomping at the bit. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Enough forcing yeah, around. Yeah. Moving on, moving on. <laughs> it just goes to show you in the uh, Greek or Hellenistic pantheon, there's a lot of bestiality. There's a lot of weird stuff. And that, honestly, I swear to the God of Zeus, <laughs> <laughs> that is the tip of the iceberg. Okay. It is so crazy. It just gets worse and worse. I feel like a lot of the other ones. The other pantheons. Uh, it's do so as weird. Well. It's like I feel I feel more dirty after watching this than I do if I feel like watching you're... Survivor. <laughs> yeah. Or naked yeah. and afraid. Or a soap opera. Oof. Everybody sleeps with everybody on a soap opera. That's true. You know, in a way, the ancient pantheons were kind of the common day everyday person's soap I opera. About that. Just a good story about things people think about. Yeah. So there you go. That's our story about Zeus. I have a coworker. And he kind of makes up this Greek god. I assume he's Greek, but he always calls him Testicles. Testicles? Oh, no. <laughs> he says that kind of funny. You know, like I said, Saint Apostrophe. <laughs> yeah, I think that's funny. That and funny. it kind of fits because testicles. Yeah, good job. <laughs> <laughs> so we were talking in the earlier episode about how the gods of different pantheons kind of line up, or at least some of them do. Mm-hmm. It's like every pantheon has the king god. Oh, yeah. The god of all. For like the Celtics, that's Odin. And then he had a son, Thor. Thor. Right. Then there's Zeus, who was the son of Kronos. Mm -hmm. And then almost every pantheon, big pantheon anyway, Mm -hmm. has an equivalent in a different pantheon for the king of gods. That's cool. Yeah, it's it's pretty interesting. Well, it makes sense. I mean, people kind of naturally make a structure. Mm-hmm. You know, like a leader and then kind of like a, it descends from there. Monkeys or packs of dogs, they, they naturally just come up with a structure of alpha male and then kind of, hit, you know, it works its way down into like a pyramid of... Yeah, that's really people. true. Yeah. Well, another way that a lot of these stories maybe are connected is there's this process that's called syncretism. Syncretism. Yeah. So basically, syncretism is the amalgamation of different religions or schools of thought or cultures that develops into a new thought or... Like two things synchronizing together. Yeah. Like uh, party A and party B have different opinions, 
but they can kind of meld them into a singular opinion that and then, kind of work together. And then eventually they become something new. Mm -hmm. A good example of that would be like voodoo and Catholicism, like down in New Orleans. Now. Nah, where they have that stuff. Yeah. Zatarans. I mean, it's like this marriage of two different religions, mm -hmm. but yet at the same time, they have become one in this like new kind of religion. Almost kind of like Valentine's Day from a yeah. few episodes back. Mm-hmm. Christians were like this way, and then you know, other people were like, "No, we like to party and get naked and whip each other with goatskins." And then they were like, <laughs> yeah. "Well, maybe if we just like passed around some cards or something." Yeah. Like, okay, yeah, we'll take that. Yeah, and you know what? A lot compromise, of, middle what, child, and also like if there were two contemporary societies that would come together that had mm -hmm. a different pantheon or different gods or names for those gods. A lot of times they would come together and as a way to like reconcile them as they became more melded together, they would actually marry their gods. And that union would mm. actually help them culturally as they developed into their own It's like country. Game of Thrones or something. Yeah, I mean, it's very, it's very similar to that. I mean, you can think of that happening quite naturally. Say you were raised as a Muslim. And I was raised as a Christian, mm -hmm. and you were a girl, of course, because I would never be a girl. But anyway, we got married, and we weren't related. You weren't my son, because we didn't know that each other. Weird. And but, I would be a girl that was a son. Yeah. Oof, right, yeah. weird. That would be weird. But Sounds anyway, like a Greek if there was If there was a Muslim lady, and I was a Christian guy, and we got married, and we kind of blended our families and had offspring, and as a way to create peace and continuity in our relationship and in our household, we could combine those so that they could kind of work together. So that's the concept of syncretism or the syncretic effect on, on different cultures, religions, and faiths and stuff like it that. It makes sense. Synchronizing. Yeah. Syncing your iPhone. Combining. Yeah. Melding. And part of the reason I wanted to get to that is that a lot of the stories we have about Zeus and his infidelities and his mm -hmm. stories could be an attempt at syncretism to bring in a new God or to explain how something started in a culture or okay. religion in that mythology or religion. So, you know, like Zeus, I mean, uh, you think about him. This guy in modern times, he would be considered a predator <laughs> he would not be politically correct. He manipulates women. He lies. He'd be the he'd be like the guy that goes out to the bar and doses women and then and then brings them home yeah. and seduces them or it rapes them. Pretty much. Yeah. I mean, if he has to turn into a swan and 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 get it on. Yeah. I mean swan, right. It it's on. totally deceptive. Listen. So so yeah, he's not a he's not somebody that we should try to emulate in Zeus any way, the shape, douche. or form. Yeah, right. He's not a good guy. So let's talk a little bit more. Let's do one more kind of a strange story from the uh, Greek pantheon because, okay. I mean, every pantheon has their fair share of these kinds of stories. But this is another one I thought was really weird. So we've all heard of Pan, right? He's this god that that he's half man, half goat. He's got mm -hmm. little horns. Like and, Krampus. Yeah, and he runs around. He's got a little pan flute that he plays. And, I, I don't know that guy. And he's very winsome, and he's kind of like the god of the forest, and he prances around. And but his he lower, frolics. He frolics. He does. And his lower half is a goat, he, and his upper half is, is a human. Well, anyway, he is the product of Zeus and... C.S. Lewis. No. From Narnia? No, but, I mean, yeah, that's kind of a weird... What's that guy's name? It, uh, 
Mr. Tumnus. Mr. Tumnus, yeah. Mrs. yeah Lucy yeah. from Spare Oom. Like that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know the origination of C.S. Lewis's uh, Goat Boys, <laughs> but <laughs> but I do know the origination of Zeus's progeny called Pan. Okay. Well, maybe. Um, there are several stories about who the parents of Pan are. One of them is Zeus and a wood nymph or a sea nymph uh, that they got it on. And, you know, Zeus, he basically would do anything that would let him. Does that make him a nymphomaniac? I uh, No, but it made Pan a nymphomaniac. Oh. Pan was very, very, very... Uh, promiscuous? Very, very promiscuous, yeah. Mm-hmm. So he would go around, and he was also known as the god of, you know, the forest. And he loved to surround himself with the forest nymphs. Mm. Now, the nymphs were beautiful maidens that kind of represented different parts of creation. Okay. You know, like the forest and the meadow and the waters and the streams and everything like that. These were beautiful maidens, and they frolicked in the forests. Okay. And Pan loved his nymphs. Okay. Yes. So Pan fell in love. Well, at least he had the hots or wanted to copulate with a nymph named Syrinx. Syrinx? Syrinx, yeah. Somebody's phone just went, bing, bing. <laughs> Syrinx. Bing, bing, bing. Yeah. Syrinx, how many miles is it to the moon? I don't know how many miles until you get to the moon. <laughs> no. Well, Syrinx was a, I think she was a wood or forest nymph. I don't know. She was a nymph, mm. but she was also a follower of Artemis. Mm. Now, Artemis was a goddess and she was married to Zeus, mm-hmm. but Artemis was known for her chastity. Okay. She basically, in fact, in other stories, she perpetually made herself a virgin, even though she wasn't. After she did the deed, she'd feel guilty and she'd make herself a virgin again because gods can do that. So, anyway. I mean, <laughs> of course. I mean, <laughs> why not? <laughs> It's just wrong. But anyways. <laughs> oh my gosh. So it took me a minute. I got That's it. Right. I got it. And so did she. But <laughs> so anyway, uh, Syrinx was was a nymph and and Ar- and she followed the goddess Artemis. Mm-hmm. And Artemis was known for her chastity. So Pan saw Syrinx and thought, hey baby, I want to get a hold of that nymph. And mm. He, you know, basically chases her around and she's running away from him because she wants to stay chased. She doesn't want to give herself to Pan. And so Pan chases her down by the river and she begs the other nymphs down by the river, which nymphs are kind of a weird thing. They're not really gods, but yet they kind of are. They're kind of like the progeny of gods. Yeah, they're like... uh, And they have certain powers over certain parts of, you know, the forest or the water or whatever. Like a demigod. Yeah, they're like a demigod. Right. Perfect. They're not immortal, though. They don't live forever, but they still live a really long time. Mm -hmm. Right. So anyway, Syrinx, the nymph, runs down to some other nymphs down by the water and, you know, begs them, please turn me into something that he won't pursue me anymore. I mean, he's driving me crazy. All he wants to do is get in my pants or in my robes or whatever it was. In my nymph. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So... So they oblige her and they turn her into some reeds. Okay. Some hollow reeds down by the shore. Mm -hmm. And so Pan's chasing her and she's gone. She disappeared and he notices these reeds. 
and he's breathing heavy, you know, because of the chase. And as he <laughs> notices that when he blows over the top of these reeds, they make a noise. Duck. They whistle. <laughs> and so he cuts them off, knowing what they did now. He cuts syrinx into these pipes and he fashions the pan flute. Oh. And that's where it came from. Wow. Yeah. What so, a douche. Yeah, he was not a very nice guy. But anyway, he wore that flute around mm-hmm. his neck. He wore a syrinx around his neck. It's also interesting that syrinx is also where we get the word syringe. If you think about a syringe, they're hollow when you push water through yeah. them or fluid into them, into your veins or whatever. But anyway, mm-hmm. that's that's where that comes from. Oh, crazy. Is sir- isn't the syrinx a, a Egyptian figure? Like a temple of the syrinx or something? Isn't it like a cat? Oh, the Sphinx. Oh, Sphinx. No, that's Sphinx. Oh, yeah, it's a little different. It's like it's a chimera, basically. It's a god, an Egyptian god, that's half, I think, lion and half human. Mm, way cooler. Yeah, there are lots of things like that in Egyptian mythology. Yeah. So another thing that's very interesting about Pan, mm-hmm. all right? So the story goes that Pan was out with his buddy, and his buddy was in a mortal fight. And he was losing. And so Pan chances upon the scene of this battle and he yells. He screams out in the loudest, ferocious yell that he can muster. (laughs) Not Tarzan, but something like that. (laughs) But he screams out and it scares the person that's attacking his friend so bad that it throws him into, guess what? A labyrinth? A panic. Oh, a panic. And he runs off. And, you know, that is actually the origin of the word panic. No way. Yeah, I'm not kidding you. Uh, it is the origin of the word panic. And the word panic means the sudden uncontrollable fear that leads people into irrational behavior. And in this case, it led the guy attacking his friend to run away. Oh, wow. So Pan saved his life. He may be chasing the sea nymphs or the water nymphs or the woodland nymphs. Nymphs. <laughs> nymphs. <laughs> the woodland nymphs all over the place. But, uh, you know, he was a stand-up guy with his buddies and he saved his life. I wonder where Pan's Labyrinth comes from. Oh, that's a that was a really weird movie. That was kind of like a... Because that's a saying, too. Yeah, Pan's Labyrinth. I don't know if it's because of the book or the movie. So, I don't think there's any real association between Pan's Labyrinth and Pan other than the movie. Okay. But there is a lot of association with Greek mythology and labyrinths. Oh. Yeah, so you have like the Minotaur and... Oh, and that's a crazy story. So, Turn back, Sarah. Yeah. So the, Before it's too late. The origin of that involves a white bull that okay. was given to a, as a gift to a king. And he was supposed to sacrifice this bull to the, to the god that gave it to him. Mm-hmm. But he didn't. And so the uh, curse was that the wife of the king had sex with the white bull. Whoa. And had the Minotaur. That's something else. And the Minotaur was, you know, just killed people and stuff. So they made a special labyrinth to put the Minotaur in so that mm. that uh, he could wander around lost. there. But to appease it, they had to like, you know, every year give sacrifices by throwing people in the labyrinth. Mm-hmm. And they'd wander Ooh. around, the Minotaur would get him and stuff. And, and then he'd stay in there kind of, you know, content until... The next year, which they had to throw more people in there. See, I've done some research on labyrinths, uh-huh. and the the one I heard was the Goblin King. Oh yeah, like goblins, there, and he is a pop singer from like the eighties and seventies, I guess. What? 
And um, this girl is a pretty dramatic individual, and she has a baby brother named Toby. And her parents go out, and Toby won't stop crying, so she says, Goblin King, Goblin King, take this child away from me. Goblin King, Goblin King, wherever you may be, take this child of mine far away from me. And then the goblins are like, Did she say it? Shut up, shut up. Did she say it? Shut up. And then finally she says, I wish they would take the baby away. I wish the goblins would come and take you away. Right now. And then she goes on a quest through the labyrinth with a goblin friend and all kinds of other people to rescue her baby brother Toby from David Bowie. Oh, <laughs> that labyrinth movie. Yeah, that's the research I've done on labyrinths. Okay, yeah, yeah. David Bowie research of the labyrinth. Yeah, mm -hmm. the pan, as far as we know, had no real association with a labyrinth in Greek mythology. But there are connections with pan and other gods. So a for instance of that would be the Germanic god Wotan. Wotan. Wotan, who, interestingly enough, is affiliated with the Norse god Odin. Interesting. Now, if you watch any of the Thor movies that are out, um, Odin is the father of Thor. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, there's a connection there, which is very interesting. He's the all-father. He's like the god of gods. He's the god of gods. Yeah, he's like the one. So he would be almost an equivalent of Zeus. Mm -hmm. Although Thor, interestingly, is probably more in line with the god of thunder, and, thunder lightning and lightning. And, yeah. But yeah. kind of has a similar backstory as... Hercules. Yeah. It's really interesting kind of. how all these things, you know, we talked about the uh, idea of syncretism, mm -hmm. that these all have kind of a syncretic kind of effect. Right. It's all over the place. These things are always connected, mm -hmm. but some of them have the same characters that show up in one pantheon to another pantheon. Right. And I think that's interesting because it may be some of these have the same origin character you know, maybe it was a real person mm -hmm. or a real deity or a real fallen angel or a real alien or, you know, whatever or you want really, to call it. a really, really old story that kind of just spread its roots out across. Yeah. A lot of the ancient stories before writing, they were, you know, they were oral, oral traditions yeah. that were passed down. And it makes sense that they have the same kind of characters. So it might be interesting to just kind of march through, well, let's just say like through the uh, the Norse gods. All right. Heading up north. Yeah. And we don't have to hit all of them because there's a bunch. But mm -hmm. maybe we just uh, kind of do a few Norse gods and then kind of throw out maybe their uh, Greek their equivalents. equivalents. If yeah. they line up. All Greek right. or whatever, you know, that maybe comes to mind. So we got Aphrodite. Aphrodite. Yeah, who is the Greek goddess of love and all of that? Oh, yeah, she's yeah. the erotic sexual one. You know, they kind of she's not a hermaphrodite, mm. but <laughs> she's Aphrodite. A I know Norse, her Norse you equivalent is Freya. Freya, she's mm. a, the equivalent of that. Mm -hmm. Okay, so let's go to Apollo. Apollo, you down to the beach? Yeah. So Apollo, yikes! In Greek mythology, he is not very well endowed. <laughs> Well, in that statue that we're looking at, he's not. But he's the son of Zeus, and uh, he's the god of healing, medicine, archery, music, poetry, and all that kind of stuff. Right. And I think he's also the sun god, so which would be Ra in Egypt, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, His uh, Norse counterpart is Baldur. Baldur. You say it, Baldur? You got to think of it like it's a... 
H E double toothpicks. Actually, it's only minus a, one. Yeah, it's a single toothpick. H E L L. Yeah, that's the Norse equivalent. And what's really weird in the Greek pantheon, mm-hmm. Hades is male. Yep. Right. He's a dude. Mm-hmm. But then in the Norse pantheon, Hell is female. She's a goddess. Mm-hmm. And one thing interesting about Hell is she's depicted as kind of this beautiful face of a woman and you know she's kind of lovely but then like her body when it gets down to her thighs and stuff she's like a rotted corpse oh yeah it's kind of gross gross hell hath no fury yeah but i'm basically they do the same thing they rule the underworld good for them this is such weird stuff i mean it is really weird another thing that's different is in the greek pantheon hades is like the brother of zeus and in the Norse tradition, Hel is the daughter of Loki and a giant. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's so, good. Yeah, it's weird. It's weird how all this stuff kind of yeah, connects Loki, but doesn't. Loki has a lot of weird kids. Yeah, Loki Loki got around. Yeah, you want to hear a fun story about Loki? Sure. Norse legend has it mm-hmm. that there was this guy who said he could build a wall around uh, Valhalla that could keep out all of the giants. It sounds like... Trumpetus, Donaldus Trumpetus. I'll build a wall. Anyway, he says he can build this big fortification around Valhalla and keep out the giants. Apparently, and the giants are going to pay for it. (laughs) Anyway, sorry. Anyway, yeah, keep going. And his his price is that him and Freya would get married because Freya is like the the hot one, right? She's like Athena. Mm -hmm. No, she's like uh, Aphrodite. Freya is Aphrodite. Yeah, that's what I said. Okay, Freya. You threw me off. Maybe <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. I don't about. know what I'm talking about. Anyway, this guy says he's going to build this wall, this fortification around Valhalla mm-hmm. that's going to keep out the giants. And they're going to pay for it. And his price is going to be Freya. The so, hand of Freya? Yeah, take Freya as his wife. Okay. The hottest aphrodite Norse god mm-hmm. to be his wife. Mm-hmm. And the gods are like, oh, I don't know about all that. But if you can do it in like before the end of winter, sure. Get married, you mean? No, finish the wall. Oh, okay. If you can finish the wall before the end of winter, we'll, you know, we'll consider it. Okay. And uh, he's like, okay, well, I want to use my horse. Anyway, he's got this big horse, big ass horse. Named? Zvadlafin. Zvadlafin. Or something. Okay, cool. I like that name. So Loki kind of says, yeah, it's fine. It's Mm -hmm. no big deal. That's fine. We'll just let him do it. He's going to mess up. We'll have half a wall built by the end of the winter. It'd be, you know, it's cool. So this guy's horse is like a badass horse. It's like the, the Cadillac of horses. Mm-hmm. And it puts up this wall. It's doing all the work. It's dragging giant boulders that nobody else could move. Super horse. Super horse. Mm-hmm. And then winter's starting to get close to ending. And the guy's like pretty much done with the wall. And they're like, oh, shit. Who said he could use his horse? And then all the eyes in the room, like, snap onto Loki. Like, oh. Thor and Odin, they're like, what did you do? He's like, I got this. Because Loki's a shapeshifter, right? Mm-hmm. So Loki becomes a sexy little white female horse. <laughs> you know? And, and, and he goes down there as a female horse and starts being in heat around this other horse. Wait, he's a male guy that can turn himself into, into a, horse a female horse. Yeah. Weird. Yep. <laughs> That's just sounds just appropriate. Yeah, for sounds like uh, a, yeah. A, myth, a pantheon, right? Mm-hmm. So he goes down there and distracts his horse, runs off, chasing 
Loki the female horse. And uh, basically, Loki gives enough of his time to distract this horse from getting the wall done before winter. And then, you know, one thing leads to another. Next thing you know, Loki's pregnant with a horse's baby. Loki the, Loki the Loki horse is the, pregnant. Loki, Thor's brother. Yeah. Or like stepbrother is pregnant with a male horse's baby. And he's a male in the pretending to be a female horse. Yeah. So then... That is just so weird. Isn't it? This is not right. So then they find out that... I'm uncomfortable because Because the guy this. building the wall freaked out. And then uh-huh. and when he freaked out, he kind of like showed his true colors. And they're like, oh, he's a giant. He's like kind of like working undercover nefariously. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, oh, we've been taken for fools. And then they send Thor out to kill the giant. Thor kills the giant. Because, mm. you know, Thor. With his hammer? With his mighty hammer. <laughs> Mjolnir. <laughs> and then Thor throws a baby shower for Loki and they find out it's a boy. It's a boy horse, an eight-legged boy, boy horse, horse named Sleipnir. Sleipnir, the eight-legged boy horse. And then Loki gives it to Odin as a gift. Oh my gosh. And I don't know about the wall. Oh, you know, this sounds... And, and I know I, I mentioned last time that Loki... Uh, Slept with his mom or stepmom and had the horse. Mm-hmm. And I must have been wrong because I, I did a little more you did research. did a little more research. I'm sure Loki slept with his mom at some point. Well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> Loki slept with anything that would let him, right? Apparently. Obviously. Yeah. That is so Isn't that weird? weird? I just thought it kind of reminded me of a, oh my goodness. where Zeus turns into a swan. Yeah. And he like. You get up on that, uh, yeah, that bestiality. Yeah. Oh my goodness. No, it wasn't a nymph. It was a daughter. It was a daughter, a daughter. of a king who yep. was very beautiful. What was her name? Lady Lita. Sleeps a Swan. <laughs> yeah. She was really a hottie. Hottie with a... A hottie that got it on a body body for a swanny. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, what is the deal? <laughs> I don't get it either. Uh, so, you know, they always say that we live in such a perverse generation, which we do. I mean, there's a lot of sick stuff in the world, but it's you know true. what? We don't have anything over on like all of these ancient civilizations. Right. And we don't get it on a swamp. And they're naughty gods. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm just saying. We right. ain't horsing around. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we should. We, we need to get out of the stable. <laughs> yeah, before something bad happens. Yeah. Before so, you become uh, pregnant. What were we just talking about? How did we get there? Uh, we were talking about. Uh, I don't know. You, you. Oh, I brought up Loki. Loki. Because I think Hell was the daughter of Loki and a giant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who wasn't a horse. No. Nope. He was not a giant horse. He was a giant's horse. Yeah. <laughs> yes. yes. he was. Okay. Moving on. Let's go on. So we talked about Hephaestus. Hephaestus way. Yeah. He faced this way, so mm-hmm. he didn't see something. But yeah. So Hephaestus has an equivalent of Thor. Have you ever heard of Thor? Yeah. Yeah, okay. he had a hammer yep. called Mule Deer. Mule Deer? <laughs> mule Deer? <laughs> okay, maybe I've that's killed a mule deer. deer. Yeah, with the big ears. So yeah, Hephaestus, uh, and we talked about him because he was kind of like my patron kind of Greek god. Uh, the creator. He, yeah, he liked, he was a craftsman. He loved mm. sculpture and metallurgy. Uh, he liked to play with volcanoes and things like that. And uh, his parents were Zeus and Hera. Let's just jump over to uh, Hermes. So Hermes has a Norse counterpart called Hermod. Ooh, shameless yeah. on that yeah. one. And you know, it's so interesting. We talked about Hermes that he is like the messenger of the gods. Yeah, he's in, I think he's in the Hercules movie, the Disney movie, mm-hmm. where they all have like 
spiral nipples. It's weird. <laughs> but um, he shows up. He's kind of like a Cupid kind of looking guy. And he flutters around with wings and, and hands out like envelopes, I think. Yeah. If I remember correctly. Fabulous party. You know, I haven't seen this much love in a room since Narcissus discovered himself. Yeah, he was like the messenger. Yeah, he's a messenger. Yeah, we called him the gopher of the gods mm. of Mount Olympus or something like that. Um, the the other thing that's interesting about him, he is also uh, attributed as the god of travelers and shepherds. Mm-hmm. So um, her mod in the Norse tradition is basically the same thing. There's really not a description difference if you look them up. They're, they're kind of identical. Yeah. So next up, and we didn't talk much about Poseidon mm-hmm. in the Greek uh, mythologies, but he also has a Norse counterpart called Njord. Njord. Nice. Njord. Njord. Uh, but Poseidon, he's the god of the sea, of course, and earthquakes and storms. And we also talked about that he was the god of horses, which is kind of weird because yeah. you think it would be seahorses. Right. Because we talked about that Ariel's dad was Triton, mm-hmm. not to be confused with Poseidon. Poseidon. Yeah. 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 Which Triton is Poseidon's son? son? I believe so. And the yeah. other thing is that Poseidon is a great adventure about a giant ship that capsizes. The Poseidon adventure. What is it, look up? I never saw anything like it. An enormous wall of water coming towards us. In the early morning hours of New Year's Eve, Gene Hackman, Ernest Borgnine, Red Buttons, Carol Lindley, Roddy McDowell, Stella Stevens, Shelley Winters, Jack Albertson, Pamela Sue Martin. Arthur O'Connell, Eric Shea, and Leslie Nielsen were aboard the SS Poseidon when it was hit by a 90-foot tidal wave. Oh, my God. And capsized. The Poseidon Adventure. The most exciting escape adventure of our time. Okay. Yeah, I saw that when I was a little kid with Ernest Borgnine. Borgnine? Yeah, it Ernest, sounds like a it sounds like a god by himself. Yeah, Ernest Borgnine. Borgnine. Yeah, who was a famous actor like in the seventies. I think I saw that in like nineteen seventy five. Oh my! We went to the drive in theater with my parents. The drive in. Yeah, when I was a little kid, and uh, it was like a big adventure. We got popcorn. And it was like the car. Poseidon Adventure. Poseidon Adventure. It was the first one. So there was a remake. Did you see the remake? Of the it was Poseidon just called adventure? Poseidon. Yeah, but it was a remake of the. I think the Poseidon was the name of the ship that gets overturned. You think, the, you think the remake of Poseidon would be called Njord? Njord. Because they're both the gods of yeah. sea and um, maybe faring. Maybe they weren't, you know, marketing towards a Nordic kind of Maybe not. Sorry, Scandinavians. But it was a good movie. I liked it a lot. It was fun. Awesome. Um, okay, so, you know, we got one more to go over one more guy and, and he is kind of like the king of gods mm-hmm. we mentioned him before we have many Drum roll, times. please yes we talked many times that this guy has a hard time keeping things in his pants his name is zeus <laughs> yep. zeus 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 oh where art thou zeus mm. yeah zeus was a flanderer a philanthropist uh, yes yeah, no a flanderer he was donating his Seed. He donated something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't seed money either. But uh, yeah, his counterpart in Nordic tradition is, guess what? Odin. 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 Our father. King Anthony of the Hopkins. Was that it? No. Was who yes, played it him. was. Yeah. I, Odin, our father. He had a one eye. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he had a patch. And Thor one gets one eye. Yeah, it's like father like son. People who are cool have one eye. Well, I'm I've glad. i just noticed that. Pirates. Yeah. Pirates. Thor. Odin. Yeah, I, I have to admit, they look cool. But Odin is is kind of an interesting fellow. 
He is known as the god of wisdom and poetry, Ooh. death and divination. Ooh. And he also messes around, dabbles with magic. Ooh. One thing that was kind of cool in the last movie that I saw with Thor and Odin was that Thor kind of discovers that his dad, Odin, had like a dark side. And he had enlisted like the help of like, I don't know if it was his daughter, like Thor's illegitimate sister, but she was like a witch and she wore like black spandex. Mm. And I think her name was Hell. I think that was actually Hell. Hella in the Hella in the movie, in the but movie? I think it is supposed to be Hell. Okay, yeah. Yeah. We were unstoppable. I was his weapon in the conquest that built Asgard's empire. One by one, the realms became ours. But then, simply because my ambition outgrew his, he banished me, caged me, locked me away like an animal. But she was really nasty. Yeah, she was the kind of the underworld, mm-hmm. and she kind of got... And she comes back up to take over Asgard, right? Yeah. Yeah, it was like a crazy, and there's that big battle scene. I was kind of bummed because Odin, I wanted to like him because I really like Anthony Hopkins. Mm-hmm. You don't learn without... Uh, experience yeah poor decisions make future good decisions well i guess if you had a really really long lifespan that you would have moments where you're kind of bad Mm -hmm. but then you'd learn and you'd hopefully get good honestly i don't think it works like that in real life though i think that instead you would probably revert to being worse and worse and worse if you're given more time The second law of thermodynamics the second law of thermodynamics yeah everything winds down i don't get it what do you mean? What's to get? Well, how's this go to Thor? Well, no, we were saying that if left to ourselves for a long, 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 long mm. lifespan, that maybe we'd become better and better, even though we maybe did a few bad things to start with. I guess. I'm kind of thinking it might be the other way. It's we like might a... get worse and worse and worse as we go along. Could be. The longer Could we live. Be. But anyway, in that movie, somehow he is in league with hell. And eventually, I think he banishes hell. And locks mm-hmm. her up because she's too bad. She's yeah. too mean. She had no, you know, she had no compassion. Yeah. And uh, she was just going to kill and maim and destroy to get what she thought would be Thor's done. Poke out eye. Yeah. How mean is that? Boop. Yep. <laughs> anyway, there you go. I don't know if we have much more to talk about in this episode. We went through the Norse pantheon connection to the Greek pantheon. There are tons more pantheon gods in the Nordic tradition If Mm -hmm. you wanted to go through, I mean, half of them, you might even have a hard time pronouncing. I don't know. I'm sure there are works out there that like cross-reference all all the different gods and Mm -hmm. stuff. But we're just kind of trying to pull these things together. And it's really kind of tricky because in some ways they fit, in some ways they don't. Yeah. And another thing that's tricky about it is it's like this person's married to this person who slept with Mm -hmm. this person. And then in, in, in the other pantheon... It's this person slept with the other person who made this person. Mm-hmm. And then and there's so many names and they all kind of line up, but they don't they're not complete mm-hmm. equivalents except for like Hermes and what was the other Hermod. guy? Hermod. Hermod. Yeah. Those guys are pretty much straightforward. Mm-hmm. And that's that whole concept of syncretic behavior. Mm-hmm. I mean, you synchronize different ideas mm-hmm. and aspects of a certain deity or god. And then you marry them with other thoughts and ideas in different cultures. And so who knows how they get carried over and how they get crossed up. But it breeds differences like the telephone game that we talked about. And it kind of is a good, you know, because we started with uh, Valentine's Day. Mm -hmm. 
And the way, you know, the Cupid. Catholic Church mm-hmm. took, you know, this uh, tradition and, you know, instead of whipping people with goats, you can just put your name in a basket and you can sleep with that mm-hmm. person. And then it became like handing out letters and it... You know, it just kind of like got Grew muted and, mm-hmm. and it just kind of turned into like a melting pot. We do the same kinds of things. We syncretize things in our culture into our faith so that it's something that we can participate in. But maybe we remove the more offensive things from those things. Right. It is pretty crazy how some characters fit perfectly. Mm-hmm. They line up. The gods are the exact same on either pantheon so far. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then in other situations... They're the same as long as you add in this other aspect. So, mm-hmm. like, this character is the same as these other two together. Mm-hmm. You know, like, almost like they've been separated, their identities. A yeah, there's a weird fit. You can see how they fit together, but yet they're a little bit different. Right. Like, uh, one's male, one's female, but they do the oh, exact yeah. same things. And you find that really commonly among, like, the Greek, Germanic, Celtic and Nordic things, you can kind of draw those parallels fairly easily. Mm. And then if you go back to some of the more ancient Mesopotamian kind of pantheons, they seem to be more aligned towards the pre-gods of like the Greek gods. So like you had Cronus and Rhea who birthed, you know, like Zeus and those guys, and they became the Olympians. Mm -hmm. Those pre-god gods are almost like the gods of the ancient Mesopotamians, which would be like the Sumerians and the Akkadians and the Babylonians. Mm. So it's weird how they kind of have a genesis. They kind of start in the same place, but they all kind of like spread out. Yeah. And they devolve. They kind of break into their own little unique stories. And they would call that syncretism. Mm -hmm. You know, it's weird. That word syncretism is like, okay, we're synchronizing our different ideas into one. But really what's happening, you're taking those different ideas and you're syncretizing them into multiple ideas. Yeah. So it it's almost is. like how people say like whitewashing. So like you're you're taking my idea, but you're whitewashing it. You're you're making it your own thing now. Mm-hmm. You know, you're conforming it to your own whatever. Yeah, pre- that whole idea of whitewashing is that you're painting away the things that you don't like, so you don't see them anymore. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, kind of filtering the things you like, the things you don't like, but still fitting the narrative to yourself. Yeah, I'm I'm really fascinated by. I mean, we're talking to on a more higher level now than just like, okay, who are these gods and their characteristics? Then we're talking about even a level deeper. It's about what is the origination of these concepts and how are they articulated out through different people groups? Right. And uh, we're going to try to go back in time. We're going to try to march backwards where maybe these ideas and stuff get more and more unified. And that's where it gets really exciting. Uh, Right now it's kind of fun because we get to talk about all these really weird ideas of like gods and their strange sexual behaviors. Yeah. (laughs) It's pretty much what, Thing, everything comes down to it seems like yeah it's all, all about these sex. gods have like some weird sexual deviant problem mm-hmm. like whether they're becoming a horse to screw another horse or they're mm-hmm. becoming a swan to do some lady yeah it's all about <laughs> lust and procreation right seems to be so now okay let's do a big jump because we're almost done with this episode let's do a big jump let's jump from how everything here is once again centered around sex and procreation. And let's jump to UFOs, alien abductions. And the the sexual probing and creepiness of aliens. Yeah, isn't it weird how so much has changed, but yet nothing has changed? And 
the fertilization of cows by aliens to make Sasquatches. Exactly. <laughs> and the why, why does it seem like those things are always about creatures trying to find a way to create a body to house their spiritual essence? It's kind of weird. So, I mean, we jumped way, 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 way far away from Strange Gods, but it has that same kind of rhetoric. I don't know that it's even that far because you mentioned earlier how, and and if they listen to our first couple episodes, you guys will understand what we're saying, but uh, you mentioned how a guy had a white bull, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So I think it was the... the it's hard to remember all these gods. A king asked Poseidon mm-hmm. to give him a bull to mm-hmm. sacrifice to Poseidon as a blessing. Okay. So Poseidon gives this king... A beautiful bull. It was pure white. Okay. The king was so enamored with this bull, he decides he's not going to sacrifice that to Poseidon. He's going to sacrifice an inferior bull. Mm -hmm. So he does. And then Poseidon is angry and causes things to happen. And the bull ends up mating with the king's wife, the queen. Mm -hmm. And then the the offspring of that became the minotaur of the labyrinth. See, that's the weird thing. It's like... Mm -hmm. uh, we talked about in the first few episodes, a cow, mm-hmm. you know, yep. cows getting uh, reamed out for their sexual organs. Yep. And some cows in one story we talked about has like a baby that's a Sasquatch. Yeah, a surrogate. Or maybe it was a minotaur. A surrogate mother know. for uh, some kind of offspring that was not in like with its kind. Yep. I think we've gone completely Oh, I think it's it's getting pretty late. We it should probably wrap this up. It's it's zero, but, zero, zero, zero on my watch. But this is fun. That means it is 12 midnight. Yep, which means I'm going to get a text from my wife soon. <laughs> okay. Well, let's wrap this baby up and let's get on to some more weird, creepy, strange stuff in our next episode. So don't turn into any animals and procreate with people. No. And, uh, you know, don't as a rule wait, of thumb, don't keep it in your pants. Don't procreate with people. Don't turn into an animal and then procreate. Instead, maybe, uh, you know, follow us on Twitter and Facebook. Yeah, so basically just be more like Hermes and be a messenger that spreads the good word about a Strange Thing podcast. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Hermes yourself. Yeah. And also, join us next time for some cold drinks. In some strange conversation. Very strange conversation. Taters. Taters. Taters.